everyone. Welcome to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession, where medical services professionals and industry experts contribute their voices about popular topics, including the impacts of artificial intelligence, MSP core competencies, department advocacy, leadership, and more. I'm your host, Lauren Leocoris, content editor for NAMS. Joining me for our first episode from Texas Health Physicians Group are Brianna Fulcrod, Director of Credentialing, and Sarah Purley, Director of Medical Staff Services. In our first episode, we talk about the effects of a crisis on hospital systems and how MSPs rise to the occasion and innovate to mitigate those effects. First up, we'll be speaking with Brianna Fulcrod. The COVID-19 pandemic isn't the first time you and your company have had to mitigate the effects of a disaster or crisis. Can you talk a little bit about the Dallas tornado this past October and how Texas Health dealt with that disaster? Absolutely. Uh, So actually, while we were at NAMS in Philadelphia, uh, we received notification around 2 o'clock in the morning in Philadelphia time uh, that Dallas had been struck by a tornado. Uh, The the tornado hit directly at the Texas Health Physicians Group operational office, meaning our corporate office, was directly affected and completely taken down by the tornado. Um, So at that time, it was a Sunday night, we had to reach out to all of our staff, find out that everyone was okay, and find out what our offices looked like in that interim. Um, Then from there, we had to quickly activate how to get everybody remote, working, and safe in that time. Uh, Texas Health was crucial and instrumental in that, in that our IT department had us all deployed very quickly. Our leadership team kept operational meetings running and going. And our executive leadership quickly set up a command center at our corporate office located in Arlington, Texas. Um, It was scary, but Texas Health definitely came through and took care of us very well. After the tornado hit, did Texas Health implement a crisis management plan or had one already been in place and the likelihood that something like this would happen? I don't think that you can exactly plan for a tornado, although we know that they are possible in Texas and all throughout the tornado alley, it's hard to truly plan for what one would look like since everyone is different. Um, So I think that Texas Health did the best that we could in the situation that we had. Luckily, we were not in a patient-serving area, so it didn't affect our patients. But obviously, operationally, can have the trickle-down effect to your patients. And luckily, our patients and our staff out in the field never truly felt the burn of the tornado, if you will. Um, so we did implement a crisis management plan in that we were ready to go, ready to start moving, ready to get um, supplies out to people as quickly as possible. But I'd say that it's almost impossible to plan for every crisis. What would you say are the basic tenets of crisis and disaster management? So I'd say number one is communication, making sure that you're staying in communication with your staff, with your leadership. There is, there's no such thing as over-communication. In these situations, uh, I think that we threw out the operational office hours very, very quickly. Uh, we were, like I said, reaching out to people at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, Texas time, um, just trying to make sure everyone was accounted for and spoken to. And uh, It also means supporting people outside of what their work is, just the emotional support and the personal things that people deal with and the anxiety that comes along with a crisis or a disaster. And then another tenet of that is staying flexible, just understanding that 
these things don't happen during business hours. Most crises don't happen during business hours, especially right now during this COVID thing. Making sure that people have people don't necessarily have childcare, and people don't necessarily um, have their teaching background to help their kids. So understanding that kids are going to pop up in the background sometimes on your meetings. Um, so flexibility and communication are the two biggest tenets I would say that have come out of this for me. Thanks so much, Brianna. For those of you listening, we'll be right back after this short commercial break. MSPs are the gatekeepers of patient safety, ensuring quality care through the credentialing and privileging of healthcare providers in an ever-changing industry. Expand your knowledge base and core competencies by visiting nams.org forward slash education. Welcome back. For those of you just tuning in, we're speaking with Brianna Folkrod and Sarah Purley of Texas Health Physicians Group about mitigating the effects of a crisis in a hospital system and how MSPs can continue to innovate in uncertain times. And now we'll hear from Sarah Purley. What was your initial reaction upon realizing the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic and how did Texas Health respond as a company? In March, we had a disaster grow um, because we, we, the hospital itself Texas Health Dallas. We had a drill on Tuesday um, to just see what we would do in the event that we were inundated with COVID patients. And the drill went great. Um, you know, we had leaders from all different areas around the table. Um, and then that afternoon, we had our first COVID patient. So what was our drill then turned into a very real situation very quickly. Um, and so the drill was great because we were able to pull our disaster policy and our bylaws, be able to speak to those processes and really, you know, look at them and say, okay, does this make sense for our situation? You know, do we need to make any changes? And at that time, it made sense. There were, was nothing that we needed to change at that time. But then as we looked closer into the volumes that we could potentially have, we said we gotta do something else. So we met with our legal counsel at our system level and um, created a board resolution. So although Texas Health Dallas is one entity, we roll up to a board of 14 hospitals. So we looked across all the 14 hospitals and said, who has emergency medicine privileges? Who has anesthesia privileges? Who has hospitalist privileges? And who has pulmonary critical care privileges? And can we grant privileges to every single entity for those providers that work at one entity? And thankfully our board was meeting soon. So we created a board resolution. And if we needed to, they approved one physician to work at all 14 hospitals for those specialties. And so on the back end, we created rosters, each entity did, of who those physicians were, you know, what badge access did they need, what electronic medical record access did they need, and we were able to provide that in the event that we had to go down that path. We had different models do have different models in place for disaster privileging and each entity has their own disaster privileging process but working as a system 
it opened up those doors and the event that we need to open up those doors to have the help come in. So we have different phases of our disaster process. So that's phase one. Phase two was we sent out an email to all of our medical staff asking who would like to volunteer at those other entities. So not necessarily the specialties that I covered, but you know, maybe your cardiologists want to work in internal medicine and help out, you know, periodically. Um, and your surgeons, they're not doing surgery right now. Um, so we wanted to reach out to them and see what are you able to do, if anything. So we got that feedback. And that was good feedback. We got about 60 physicians from different specialties saying, I'm willing to help out and volunteer any which way I can. So we had those listings, and at the system level, they compiled those listings together so that if other hospitals needed their help, you know, maybe a physician lived closer to one hospital instead of Dallas, they put that provider on a volunteer listing. So that was like stage two of our disaster um, privileging process. And like I said, we haven't had to utilize any of these processes yet, or these plans yet, but there's processing in place just in case we need to. Given COVID-19 is affecting NAMS members on a broad scale, how do you think this crisis can foster community and support between MSPs? In the NAMS uh, Facebook um, page, a lot of people post their questions and, and a lot of people answer them. And so I've seen the MSP community come together, um, regardless of where you live, that they have answers. You know, I personally have been called by miscellaneous managers or directors and say, you know, how do you do this? Or, you know, or is this okay with our state requirements? Things like that. Um, and so I'll point them in the areas of which the, the answer to their questions are. Um, but I think as we go through this COVID situation, I know the NAMS website has offered a lot of courses and I, I see more communication between MSPs during the situation. And I, I would expect to see that going forward too. Thanks, Sarah. For those of you listening, we'll be right back after this short commercial break. Like what you hear on the Tomorrow's MSP podcast? Visit namsgateway.org to catch up on more content and insights from medical services professionals and industry experts. Welcome back. For those of you just tuning in, we're speaking with Brianna Folkrod and Sarah Purley of Texas Health Physicians Group about mitigating the effects of a crisis in a hospital system and how MSPs can continue to innovate in uncertain times. So we'll go back to Brianna. One of the pillars of the Tomorrow's MSP campaign is the ability to evolve with a changing landscape. Specifically, this refers to the ability for MSPs to embrace technological disruptions in the medical services profession and expand core competencies. However, COVID-19 has also caused a shift for MSPs, seeing as working environments have changed dramatically. Can you speak to how this change is affecting MSPs and in particular Texas Health and how MSPs can continue to adapt and innovate during this uncertain time? Sure, so luckily for us ahead of the pandemic, were able to be remote. So we were ahead of the curve a little bit uh, as it it pertains to being able to work remotely and flexibly. Um, And and Texas Health definitely promotes uh, that type of environment as well. 
Um, but I would say that just being able to support everybody of all generations, of all types, you don't know what someone has going on at home. You don't know what type of environment they have to work in there. So just making sure that you, you stay in communication and then also flexible with those types of things. Um, I also think that this has been a huge shift in learning for MSPs as well. None of us have ever dealt with this situation before. So this is going to take a lot of grace and it's also going to take a lot of lessons learned afterwards. I can see a ton of debriefing happening after this in the hopes that this never happens again, but so that we can be prepared or more prepared if it does. What are some of the ways MSPs can stay motivated and continue their credentialing education in this shifting industry landscape? So I can say that I think that normal won't happen again for us. I think that this will always be in the back of our mind. This will always change how we work and how we do things. Um, so I think, number one, getting comfortable that normal doesn't exist the way we used to know it anymore. Um, but number two, also understanding that this was a huge, a huge unprecedented time for us. So learning everything that we can from this, writing down as much as we can from this, creating policy around some of this, and just remembering what this situation brought for us. Um, I think that will help MSPs in the future. That will help us learn our lessons from where we've come from. Um, you always take lessons from the past in order to learn in the future. And I think that this is one of those great moments uh, that we can do that for. Um, but then continuing your credentialing education, this will become credentialing education for MSPs of the future. Um, so making sure that you become that subject matter expert, that you liaise with other experts, you take all the education in that you can right now um, because it's plentiful and it's so helpful. I've seen furloughs, I've seen layoffs come out of this, and, and even in healthcare, it's a scary time right now. Um, but I'd, I'd say as long as we're finding ways to make an impact, to show our value, and to be helpful, um, I think that that's the lesson that we learned here. And my favorite Mr. Rogers quote is, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And that really speaks to me and it really speaks to our MSP community and our culture that we are so flexible and we are always so willing to jump in wherever necessary, even if it falls outside of our job description or what we are supposed to be doing. And and I'm so, I'm so glad to see MSPs jump to that and, and rise to that occasion. Thank you for listening to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession. I'd like to extend a special thanks to Brianna Fulcrad and Sarah Purley for joining us on our first episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in to the next episode to stay up to date on the latest news and insights. Read more in-depth articles on trending topics by visiting us at namsgateway.org. Until next time.